Welcome back to another episode of the Key in the Lake podcast, the premier whiskey podcast without the mention of whiskey in the title whatsoever. Quarantine from my living room at a safe distance away from me is joining me as a co-host today is Callum O'Donnell. All the way from Abelard, just came to Chicago to shipped over in a box with a new with a new face mask. With the new face mask, yeah, my mum sent me out a brand new face mask. She's obviously worrying about me more and more as quarantine goes on. I'm sure everybody's living that same dream. Uh, I have a call with her almost uh, almost every day. Just She's just making sure that I'm, I'm doing okay. And I think the other thing is, well, it's my birthday's coming up. If oh. anyone's listening and they want to buy me a car, um, I would very much appreciate it. Or, but, um, or like a lady in a cake that pops out. Or, yeah, that would be fantastic, especially if they could ship it to my house. You know, that would be amazing. But um, yeah, yeah, anything, anything that you want to gift me for my birthday, I'm going to be 28, so it's already it's a depressing time of my life. But um, yeah, man, happy to be here as always. Until you're shipwrecked in your 30s. Well, and also joining us from a long distance away, all the way across the country in Los Angeles, California, is Sam Green. Sam, welcome to the podcast. Hey guys, how we doing? Doing pretty well on this gloomy, gloomy Chicago day. <laughs> Sam Green, great all the way from L.A., L.A. time. How's it going, Sam? I haven't spoken to you in a while. Yeah, it's with you were a trader, and you moved to Chicago and left us, left the California life. Yeah, I know, and to be honest, I'm, I'm very thankful for it. Like, Chicago is the place to be. It's the, it's the, in my opinion, it's the number one. Do you miss us? No, no, that's, that's, uh, that's the dirty line. I don't know who you had that from. <laughs> that's, that's how rumors begin. Um, no, no, Chicago's the number one whiskey town, man, and that's why uh, that's why Keen Lake is uh, the premier whiskey podcast without mentioning whiskey inside. Oh, <laughs> it might be changing though. <laughs> After the last podcast, it might be changing. We don't know. We might add a WHIS to the beginning of Key. Who knows? Might Who knows? just might uh, have a little bit more of uh, clarity of what the podcast is all about. It's all about innovation. Yes, indeed, indeed. Yes, I think the last time we saw each other was. Was it Whiskey Fest last No, spring? it was or Whiskey and Barrel Night, I think, down here in L.A. in, like, October? That's right. Yeah, Whiskey and Barrel Night in downtown. That's right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I went to, like, four of those, and L.A. by was by far the best one I was at. The few, the other ones were much more of a drunken crowd, and people not really asking you about your questions. Just wanted you to say that. He'll be happy to hear that. I did, I did let him know. I've been uh, in communication with Dave Sweets and also Barb about that. So hopefully we can get it all figured good out good once people. the pandemic. Yes, very good people. Um, so Sam, what have you been up to, man? What's going on in, in in LA? How is it seeming over there? Because obviously, I don't know what the weather's like, but over here in Chicago, it is dark, gloomy, rainy, and there's not a soul outside. How is it in, uh, in Cali town? There are tons of people outside, almost like it's a normal day. Uh, yeah, I heard it's been changing there. A lot more traffic out there. They reopened the beaches in Orange County, and of Ooh. course, what do you expect? But a spike in cases. Right, um, right. But as for me, I've been drinking a lot of my good whiskey and really oh. enjoying it. You know, what have you been drinking? A lot of these bottles for like special occasions, and I'm like, you know, uh, yeah. fuck it. Yeah, might die. Might have to just drink it now. I mean, we might we might all get corona. We might never be able to drink whiskey again. So let's uh, let's get stuck in. Or, we'd actually or an asteroid hits the earth. Oh, could be worse. Yeah, solar flares. Um, <laughs> we we'd actually get stuck into a little bit of the old um, Ouchin Toshan. Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, Ouchin Toshan. No, obviously Ouchin Toshan. We're we're getting stuck into here. It's lovely. Um, I'm not going to. Uh, what have you been drinking over there, Sam? What's going on over there? But 
One of my favorite uh, little bit tidbits of pronunciation help is from Simon Brooking on Akintoshin. He said, say it like Sean Connery, Akintoshin off the boat. <laughs> it's it's definitely it's definitely a good one. Like if you're if you meet someone that's in the Scotch and you're right. <laughs> um Jake was just stubbing his toe on my chair there. But um yeah, it's definitely one of those uh, Six feet boys, definitely six one feet. of those whiskeys that you it's definitely one of those whiskeys that you know that someone knows their Scotch if they if they pronounce it without a single correction to be made. Is that so? <laughs> well like Aberlauer Abuna? Well, a lot of people, a lot of people say for Aberlour, a lot of people say Aberlour. I know, um, which we get a lot. And you know, I have to forgive them. The one that I can't forgive is when we get the Abunda. Abunda. Um, even Abunad, Abunad, we get, and I forgive that. But the yeah. Abunda is is uh, that's uh, that's uh, that's an X next to your name. It's a, a black mark. If it's Abunda, they're not just paying attention. They're not yeah. reading at all. I guess the Abunad. But yeah, what, what, have you, what have you opened? What have you cracked open that? Uh, you, you, glad you asked. I cracked open my bottle of Old Forester Birthday from 2018. And Very nice. I'm yeah. really enjoying that. And it's, you know, almost gone because I've been drinking it so much because it's just so good. <laughs> um, and I've been drinking it while playing Minecraft and playing video nice. games. So, like, I'm like, oh, cool. I'm out. Just pour a little bit more. <laughs> and that's just how you know bottles get depleted. Yeah, um, definitely. I also so I cracked open and killed my 25th anniversary Knob Creek. Ooh, that was Jesus. That's uh, that was a big. That's a big. Um, that's a big open. Okay, I can get another. <laughs> one. There you Probably go. Oh well, I mean, I didn't. I didn't realize. I didn't realize you had a limited supply over there. A well-connected man. <laughs> just pulling some strings. I just got to go to the right store. They have, still have a couple of bottles, last I checked. Oh, nice. I haven't seen it on our shelves at all. I mean, to be honest, I've been I've been kind of avoiding um, avoiding binnies and whatnot. Uh, you know, I, I'm trying my best. To, I was just saying to Jake, Sam, I was just saying to Jake that um, I haven't really been drinking. And, you know, like last week uh, we, we, we jumped on a call um, – we, yeah, I know. We jumped on a little podcast um, like with the guys I from. I saw Sunlight. you last time, and we met up in the valley in North Hollywood. I got there, and you were already drunk. <laughs> well, I mean that—that's that's very occasion. That's very typical of Calamazon or the Calamazon that we know and love. But um, I think what's really been happening for me, man, is like, you know, I've seen quarantine as, as an opportunity for me to to take a little bit of a step back. Um, that's a obviously, really great thing. I think that's honestly a really smart idea. You know, a lot of people have been doing that. It's like, you know what? They've been taking this quarantine to, you know, eat healthier, drink less, or, you know, drink more, but of like water or like juice or something. And I think, you know, it's a great idea. You know, I don't personally want to follow that, but more power to you. Yeah. And, and I think especially for, for people like, you know, for all three of us, you know, we, we spend so much time outside and, and in bars and in restaurants. And I was saying to Jake last week that, you know, since the middle of 2016, in fact, even my last year of university, I was drinking like a fish, you know. So <laughs> I think for the last five years, I've at least at least three or four times a week, I've had a couple of drinks in me, you know. Um, and this quarantine just kind of offered me an opportunity to 
get away from that a little bit. And honestly, man, I feel so, so good for it. You know, I can't remember the last time I woke up at like 6.30, 7 o'clock in the morning and I was awake, you know, and I, and I, and I like, and I, I properly feel good. You know, I jump out of bed, I feel springy. Like I don't need to kind of drag myself around. Can you back up? I've been running, been working out. It's, it's nice, man. In the morning? Yeah. What the fuck is that? <laughs> I mean, that? I, usually... Usually, usually I see that from the other side. Usually I'm out all night and it's six thirty, and I'm like, right, I should go to bed. <laughs> but I've been seeing it from from the from the the normal people's side, the people that aren't. Oh, aren't, daywalkers. Uh, That's what we call them, daywalkers. Yeah. So see, I just always kind of assign myself to drink all night, get up early, and don't worry about it, and just go running. So in the morning at six thirty, I figure it all out. That's definitely not something that I can do. My hangover is too bad. I was uh, one. Definitely, I hear you on that. So, uh, how have you been holding up other than that? Just have you been? Obviously, you finished your uh, new book, which you should probably be talking about to everybody. Kind of one of the reasons why we're having you on the podcast, which is the Beginner's Guide to Whiskey. Tell us about how that whole process started, because I know the last time I saw you, you traditions, were... types, and tastes of the ultimate spirit. That's why I have you here. <laughs> that lovely voice in the background. I got you. But like you said, the last time you saw you in the fall. Yeah, Vanna White, indeed. <laughs> last time I saw you in the fall, you were, you were still writing it, obviously. Yeah, and, I um, just got like, started, really. Like October, you know, yeah. I took a break that day to, you know, come downtown and hang out. Um, but I started it really in, like, September. And, you know, I finished it proper in, like, you know, mid to late December when, like, you know, all the corrections were done and everything. And, you know, they started sending me proofs and stuff like, hey, you know, we made these corrections. Here's, you know, this proof. And, hey, we made these corrections. Here's this proof. And, oh, hey, here's some images. And here's what the cover is going to look like. And I'm like, wow, this is really happening. <laughs> Holy shit. I bet. Look, um, when I woke I, up I that morning, of... when I first got the email about, you know, writing this book, when I woke mm -hmm. up that morning, I had no intention of writing a whiskey book. Who approached you about it? Um, I started working with Callisto Media and Rockridge Press. They came to me and they're like, okay. hey, we know who you are. You know, we've seen you like on social media and like, you know, you're considered a whiskey expert in your area. Would you be interested in writing this book? Yeah. And, and then I'm you just like, went on. No, maybe. And then I'm like, after I did some more research, I'm like, okay, sure. Let's give it a try. Definitely. And you know, my dad was so when was for me and, you know, he and I are both really glad that I was actually good at this mm. because, you know, I've always liked to write and, you know, I've blogged here and there. Um, but there's between blogging, you know, a couple of maybe a thousand <laughs> words, a couple thousand words between and a literal book. So, like, right. when I told him, yeah. hey, they're happy with it. He's like, oh, thank fuck. I was nervous there for a little bit. <laughs> right. I'm but, sure no, like the whole process support. That's funny. Uh, so when did they approach you? Was that how long ago was that? That was actually like end of August. Oh, okay. So that's been a pretty quick turnaround. To everything. Oh yeah, it was a great small turnaround. Um, I actually had left my old job, and was mm -hmm. just about to start a new one when I got the email. Where were you going to start at? Uh, I started the Daily Pint actually in Santa Monica. That's right. So I left the bar in Beverly Hills, and I started at the Daily Pint, and now I'm helping run their whiskey program. Nice. So what was, how was the challenge of writing and then also working still at the same time? So Daily Pint was a part-time thing, and the book kept okay. most of my full-time, but that was really what was paying me um, the most, and that was, you know, my biggest, like, success and my thing, like, 
hey, look at this guy. This, you know, 27-year-old nerd wrote a book. <laughs> um, oh, I'm a proud nerd. Whoever laughed. Yeah, that was me. It was Jake. I'm right there with you. Don't worry about it. Worried? No, hell no. Not anymore. When I was in high school, <laughs> it was like, no, I'm a geek, not a nerd. And I was like, who the fuck cares? You're all the same thing. I blame the bang, bang, Big Bang Theory for all that. <laughs> no comment there. <laughs> I mean, I have a couple of questions, man, obviously, because... That's what we're here for. Thank you, darling. Um, I have a couple of questions, definitely, because, you know, I think we all, all of us, all of us, everybody that comes on this um, podcast and everybody we really speak to in our day-to-day lives about this kind of stuff is all involved in whiskey. Um, but you know, and and if anyone asked me, if anyone's ever going to ask me to write a whiskey book, you know that I would probably aim it more towards you know seasoned whiskey drinkers. But this is obviously like this is this book is you know a beginner's guide, and I'm sure there's a bunch of things in there that I would read that I would learn. But that's the hope. You know, you, know, you brought you touched on something that I'd hoped. You know, when writing this, obviously, you know, I aimed at beginners because it's a beginner's guide. You know, it was written with beginners in mind. But also in mind were more seasoned drinkers who, you know, I hope would learn something. Yeah, I mean, and so that decision, who does that come from? Does that did that come from the publishing team, the media team? They were like, listen, we want you to do a book about beginners, or was this something that you'd kind of it was this something that you'd kind of identified that you wanted to write about? And so, so you started writing about it and, and then and obviously like, hey, the second question would be book and you know, they wanted it to be aimed at beginners. If I would have pushed, I'm sure I could have been like, you know, hey, no, beginner's guides are overrated. Let's go with a more intermediary guide. But I thought a beginner's guide was going to be a good idea. You know, add an eight millionth book to the pile of beginner's whiskey guides. Right. Yeah. And, and in the future, man, like, is this something that you can see yourself doing again? Like, are you going to come back to writing? You know, do you think, would you would you write another whiskey book? Or is this is this the beginning? <laughs> Is this the beginning of, a, of an illustrious career as an author? Or are you like, right, I've crossed it off the bucket list. I'm done. One book. I'm out of there. I actually really enjoyed the process of writing it. Um, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of work. But I mm-hmm. learned a lot. And, you know, I like to think I know a lot about whiskey. Or I did before I wrote this book. When writing this mm. book, I really learned how much I didn't know. Hmm. And, That's interesting. You know, uh, it was amazing. And, you know, I got to learn so much more about whiskey while writing it that I can now, you know, use to teach and educate and talk about. Yeah, it's a very humble uh, approach to have with it all. What was your process for writing the book? Were you just sitting down and, you know, writing four or five hours a day? Pretty much. So I had a general okay. outline that I was working with. Um you know, it's like, all right, you know, this chapter is going to be about this, and this chapter is going to be about, you know, Scotch and American, and this chapter is, you know, Irish, and this chapter is, you know, craft, and this one in American, and there's like a subchapter for bourbon and a subchapter for rye, and I'm like, all right, cool. You know, here are the chapters, roughly. <clears throat> Pardon me. You know, yeah. let's work on these. And, you know, I jump around some, you know, towards the end, it was like I was really struggling writing. Um <clears throat> One of the last, you know, four chapters, there's roughly 12 chapters in the book. I can't remember which chapter it was right now, but I was really struggling writing, you know, one of the last couple chapters. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to save this one for last. And I'm just going to go over here to this chapter right now and work on that. And I'll come back to this other chapter later. Gotcha. Um, 
out of those chapters that you're writing about the difficult ones, what stood out of being, you know, where were you stuck in it all? One of the hardest ones to write was on Japanese whiskey because of my opinions on Japanese whiskey. And, you know, I had to really keep it succinct and not go off on tangents and not, mm. you know, start bashing the Japanese whiskey industry. Um, <laughs> what, what, are your, what are your feelings about the Japanese whiskey industry? Pass away. This yeah. is your chance. <laughs> Before you wrote the book, what, was the, uh, what were your feelings towards it? My feelings are the same now than they were then, but that most of the Japanese whiskey is bullshit. Um, you know, there's a heavy amount of Japanese whiskey, quote-unquote whiskey, that in its own home country doesn't qualify as whiskey, but it's actually just a higher-proof barrel-aged shochu. And even there, it doesn't qualify as shochu because of the age, or, or because of the proof, and because, you know, they don't age shochu for that long, you know, years or such in Japan, um, because it's a rice-based distillate. And it's not, you know, in Japan, rice is not considered a distillation grain. America is one of the few countries where whiskey is considered distilled from rice. It's considered whiskey. Right. Um, is it? But no. Go ahead. What's up? I was going to ask the question. Is it also because like the rumors and also the proven reports of Scotch being coming over nope. there, them putting it about to get okay. to? Yeah. Go please. Yeah. So the actual laws for Japanese whiskey, what's the word I used, are regulatedly unregulated. 100%. Yeah. It's a very uh, open-ended law where essentially anything from Japan touches that juice is considered Japanese. Exactly. If scotch comes into Japan and they bottle it in Japan, great. You don't have our Lowers of Japanese whiskey. Ooh. They would never do that to me. They would never do that to you. Not to grant I would literally call up the president or prime minister. I don't know if it's the president or prime minister of Japan and just be like, yo, Yo. This is, I'm Mr. Abba Abba Lawa. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, that, that's, that's not going to happen. We'd send no, Graham over happen, in a But, you know, the point is, if, you know, there's a very well-known Japanese whiskey, and there's rumors surrounding it, and there's semi-proof and semi-not-proof of them importing this semi-lesser-known scotch um, into... There's a lot of semis there. Do, do, semis. do three semis not make a hole in a semi? What? British humor. Who knows? <laughs> He's not British. <laughs> Believe me, we don't want to claim him. I'm half English. We don't want to claim Callum. Um, so sorry, <laughs> you were saying that, that, that there's a there's a there's a Japanese whiskey out there that's semi-proven, that is semi-dodgy. Which Japanese is, is this? Or, or are you not at liberty to say? No. It is semi-proven that it is importing a semi unknown scotch whiskey into japan and putting that either completely or in part into their blends i don't want to name any names um but you know it doesn't take more than just a quick google of you know japanese whiskey scotch and you'll find you know rumors abound about this company and you know i've been told yes i've been told no no one mm -hmm. really knows where it lies yeah, a lot of speculation. But you're, you are right about it. I've had conversations with brewers and people in the distilling industry from Japan. Uh, about four years ago, the first interaction I had on a personal level, I didn't understand that there were such, you know, um, I guess, finicky laws when it came to Japanese products. Yeah. I found out that Japanese breweries were taking barrels from America, bourbon barrels, putting some higher proof beer in those that were essentially, it was more of like a liqueur based alcohol. 
than it was a beer or a whiskey based on the proof um, and the way it was uh, brewed than semi-distilled from what I understood. And then calling it bourbon because it touched bourbon barrels from America and selling it on the Japanese market as bourbon. <laughs> oh, right. I didn't know about that. That was, that, was, that, that was my reaction as well. So, yeah, the Japanese whiskey industry, you know, there's some delicious juice coming out of there. And I have no problem with them importing scotch and, you know, blending mm-hmm. it in as long as right. they're upfront about it. That's all I want. It's just yeah, know, sure. honesty and transparency and be upfront. Like, hey, you know, right now, uh, you know, Jake, you don't have, you know, enough liquid in your distillery and it's not aged in Japan. You know, for some reason you have a distillery in Hokkaido, Japan. And, you know, you have maybe 500 liters of two-year-old spirit. It's not old enough to bottle yet. So what you do... Right is you take, you know, 250 of those liters and then 250 from Scotland from, you know, let's just say North British, and you blend that together. And you then have, you know, uh, still officially a two-year-old spirit, but you have a more, you know, flavorful spirit and that you can then bottle and release that to the market and call it Japanese whiskey. As long as you're honest and in front yeah, of you, I mean, great. I, I mean, I, I, don't know, I don't know much about Japanese whiskey. Maybe you should figure it out. Maybe you should read Sam's book. Well, but I'm not. I'm not big on it. Um, on I'm, his not, book? I'm not. No, I'm big on the book. <laughs> I've not read the book. I've not actually read the I'm book. About to yeah, say, Jake, I think you need Yo, actually, that's a point. That's a point, Sam. Does this mean that as hosts of Key in the Lake, will we see a copy of this book? The Premier Whiskey Podcast without the mention of whiskey in the title whatsoever. I've never heard that before. No. Have you said that before? Have you practiced uh, that? Once or twice. <laughs> in the mirror. You know what, will we see? Will we see a copy of this book, uh, Sam? I think I've heard that from here in spirit. That tag phrase. <laughs> I'll get you guys a copy. Yeah, amazing. How is uh? How is I'm gonna sell on the black market, baby. I would do that, especially if it's autographed. Oh, if it's autographed. Two Callum. Um, I don't like ice with my Aberlauer. Dot dot dot. What about some drops of water? Absolutely. I just don't like what ice and whiskey. For me, it's neat. What about water? What about, as the famous band Train said, what about with some drops of Jupiter? Right? Ooh, what? Ooh. Wow. That's, that's... Here's, here's the real thing, Sam. Let's get, let's get to real brass tacks here. <laughs> okay. You, you can... Let's, let's take um, top five. Let's take your top five. Can, now, obviously, I know that you, you were just talking about you were drinking a 25-year-old. You cracked open no, no, a no, bunch of bottles. Not 25-year-old, 25th anniversary. Oh, okay. Sorry, 25th anniversary. Was that oh, a blind? Jesus Christ, 25-year-old bourbon. Uh, That'd be like... Knob Creek. So it's a Knob Creek. Why don't we... Why Can you give us maybe one or two whiskeys from different regions or, or maybe even better? Can you give us like the top five whiskeys you've ever tried and where you tried them, why they were special? Maybe it was a specific moment or a flavor or something um, because this is something that I always like to ask people when we're on the show, you know... Uh, we did it one time when we were back at uh, back at Beguile Brewing, um, and I even had I had we had we did top five drinks, top five alcoholic oh. drinks, and I had Malort in there, and I saw you posting some bad stuff about Malort. You were you were you were slating Malort. Sam hasn't tried the new Malort bourbon yet. Oh, you gotta try the new Malort bourbon. I wanna try that. <laughs> But you know, maybe maybe why don't you talk so, a little bit? Um, I'll bit be happy about to your questions, Tom, but First of all, uh, I actually enjoy Malort. Unlike a lot of people, I like Malort. I like Fernet. I like Jaeger. Um, I like Jaeger. Jaeger was the first shot I ever did. 
my first oh. shot. I drank. I drank a, a good a good gulp of uh, vodka out of a plastic Smirnoff mm. bottle in the south of Spain mm. in 2010. Mm. That was like the first. That was like the first time I really kind of shot any any booze. You know, I show a lady a good time. Yeah, well, we're going to say I'm a real gentleman. So real high my top gentleman. fives, um, one of them, and I'll send you guys images when I get them, if I can find them. Um, one of them was the Clemorangy 15, but not the new one. It's like an older one, 16-minutane, but this particular bottle is imported by Brown Foreman. And I opened that bottle, actually, on my condo building's rooftop one night with Rick Edwards, and... I told him, I sent him a picture of it. I'm like, hey, look what I found. He's like, holy shit. What can I buy that for? I'm like, it's not for sale, but I'll share it with you. Um, so we cracked that open that night. And that's, you know, I still have some. This was like, you know, almost two years ago now. And it's still just an amazing dram. Um, the Laforig on Kuan Moore. And Callum, please correct my uh, Gaelic. No, no, it's good. It's good. Caleb's, or Caleb. Are you Caleb? I'm not Caleb. No, you're not. Who's Caleb? Are you cheating on me with Caleb? <laughs> I don't think so. Not yet. Um, but with men, with a Puerto Rican man named Wilson, maybe. Give <sighs> in. Um, that was just such an amazing Lafroy, just buttery and viscous and sweet and smoky and just fantastic. And it was a, it was a boot pour from Simon at Whiskey Fest New York, actually. Oh. Um, so if you know Simon, you know that if he's there and he has the wellies, there's almost always something special. Right. Definitely, um, indeed. So, you know, that's always fun. Uh, another one of my favorite pours was also from Whiskey Fest New York. It was the Glenfiddich Snow Phoenix. Mm. Oh, yeah. I'd wanted you to try it for a long time. And my dear friend, Tracy Franklin, who's now the national brand ambassador for Glenfiddich, by the way. Nice. Congrats to Tracy. Tracy, um, wonderful. Here's to you. She shared a drama of it with me. She's like, come by the booth. I have something special for you. And like, I made it just before the end of VIP hour and she had to go at the after VIP hour. So I made it just before she had to leave and she let me have some Snow Phoenix. And I'm like, oh my God. Impeccable timing. Um... So those are that's three right now. Um, Laforge 18, because it was, you know, the first piece scotch I ever really actually had. It was a oh, really? birthday really? gift from an old friend. And, you know, he asked my father. We grew up together. He was my best friend for a long time. Um, we grew up together. And he asked my father, you know, hey, what's Sam into? What should I get him for his birthday? And he said, scotch. So, this person didn't know whiskey. They enjoyed tequila. Nothing wrong with that. But they don't know whiskey. So, what they do is they go to, they order from BevMo a bottle of Laphroaig 18-year. <laughs> Not Good knowing friend. it's basically a tire fire in a bottle. True. But it was fantastic. And, it's, and that's, the, I mean, that's a pretty good friend because that's not a cheap bottle of whiskey. But for a, uh, for a new drinker, yes, it's a quite, quite a bit to the taste buds. Uh, yeah, that's like, uh, yes. yeah. <laughs> um, I might killed, as well have just like... I killed that bottle with my friend Ocean, actually, one day. We were just hanging out at my old place in West Hollywood. Um, and he came over, We smoked, he smoked a cigar, and we drank some Laphroaig 18 and killed the bottle. And I'm like, this was a good way to kill this bottle. 
Was that not was that a hangover induce or inducer no. or was it okay? No, no. I no, was no. with Pete. A sip each left or like a glass with, each left. With Pete, with Pete, uh, whiskey. Like if I go overboard on it, like the hangover the next day, mm. like I feel like I feel like the the smell and oh, taste of Pete is like dude, seeping out of my pores. I'm you know, still recovering from my last hangover from smoke bombs. <laughs> How long ago was that? Um, twelve hours. 12 no, hours. it was. <laughs> Whiskey Fest San Francisco, so like last year, November ish. Yeah, that sounds about right. Like November, December, October, like between like it's like somewhere in O N D, and like I'm still yeah. like readjusting to the smell and taste of Peter whiskey right now. <laughs> Let me tell you about PD whiskey. Don't ever combine it with a lot of red wine in Miller Lite. I don't think, I think, I think, honestly, guys, um, if you're listening and you're, warned, and you're wondering about potential hangovers, mm. don't combine anything with red wine. You know, if you're drinking red wine, have a couple of glasses at dinner and then have a huge steak. Mm. Let it sit for a little bit. Maybe have like a coffee after dinner or something. Mm. And then you can go out to a bar and stick a bunch of Miller High Lifes and drink um, Fernet and Malort to your heart's content. Mm. But if you're, if you're going, red wine, whiskey, tequila, whatever it is, and then back to red wine and then on to something else. It is a one-way ticket to hangover town. Mm. Trust me, I've been there, I've lived it, I've vomited it. I mean... Um, and it's ooh, not so much I, the mixing, it's, you know, the messing with the ABV, this is going to be a huge part of it too, because you're drinking something low, you know, 5, 6, maybe even 7% with the wine, and then you go to, like, you know, 40, 35, you know, and then, you know, you throw in a couple, uh, you know, Miller Lights in there, by the way, Miller High Life is where it's at. Thank you very much, gentlemen. The champagne of beers. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Anytime. Do we have any of that here? You know, I think we drank all of it. What time does Benny's close? Benny's is still open for another couple of hours. Maybe, maybe this is our time. Broadway liquor. Run! If anyone, if anyone is out there li- uh, listening to this podcast that has any kind of relation to Miller High Life mm. and they want to give me a year supply or even a lifetime supply of, of champagne of beers of ponies. of ponies of course it would have you to be I would build my here. house and you know I'm about to do a book tour I'm looking for sponsorship if Miller wants to sponsor me with you know unlimited high life I would not complain no I don't Sam why are you looking for beer sponsors for what because I love beer and you know I can't no, drink whiskey all the time I need to you know take a little break sometimes so you know a good beer in between a nice couple of glasses of whiskey Great to, you know, just mm-hmm. kind of mellow me out a little bit. You know, I have a glass of whiskey or two, have a beer or two, go back to another glass of whiskey or two, and then I'm done for the night. I hear you on that. Um, we always tell people that's the beer of our choice when we're out drinking at night and enjoying a lot of too, or too many whiskeys, but the, the high life helps bring it down and kind of continue out throughout the evening. Exactly. You know, I use beer kind of to sober up a little bit, if you will. So what about what about Sam? Um, I think we had four of your whiskeys there. I think your fourth one was yeah. Lafroy 18. What about your fifth one? You know, I've had the pleasure of trying some amazing whiskeys in my life, in my short, you know, really five-year period in career working in this industry. Um, I think my fifth one's going to have to be also at Whiskey Fest New York, or uh, San Francisco. Well, actually, um... So the fifth one is tied between a bottle of Idle Hands bourbon that I tried at Water of Life New York Fall. Um, is past fall? Pardon? 
This past fall? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know you were there. I was there too. At Water of Life? The one before Whiskey Fest New York. Yeah. Must not know each other by then. We just didn't recognize oh, the, I was there. I knew you then. The, was, this the, was this the Water of Life, the wolf? Yeah. Okay, I was not at that one. No, I was not. Okay, I was about to say, like, I would have seen you there. I was the one in, I was the one in the spring. That's right. I think your whisk, your liquid was there, though. Yes, uh, Katrina, my uh, counterpart in New York, our brand ambassador out there, was there. Um, so it's a toss-up probably between the Idle Hands bourbon that I tried, which is, you know, one of Dave Schmier's new products, and Rob Morton. Yeah. And then, uh, <laughs> and I'm spoiled for getting to try this. Uh, Neil Strachan, the Balvenie ambassador for the West, had his own private cask with him as an under-the-table pour at Whiskey Fest San Francisco. Nice. And he let me try a sip of that, and I was in heaven. Is it is it partially the intrigue of how um, rare it is as a whiskey, or is it the opportunity to drink with these people that kind of make it even more of a special dram? That's a great question. It's actually both, but it's more, you know, the opportunity to drink with good friends. You know, I understand rarity in whiskey to the extent of, you know, I know it's there. But, you know, only for certain things I really care. You know, like that Knob Creek 25th anniversary, like I was saying— it's rare enough that, you know, you don't see it on every shelf, but there's still a bunch of it out here. More than one store has it. Um, you know, I've got a collection so far of all the little books that have been released one through three. Oh, nice. I'm debating whether to open them now or wait for four and do like, you know, a fourth. I want to do a vertical. But, you know, it's a matter yeah. of do I, wait, do I do it now or do I wait until four comes out and do a four-way vertical? Do you want me to ask my wife? She runs a social media for a little book. Uh, yes. <laughs> well, let's get her opinion on that. She's on a phone call in the other room, though, so unfortunately we won't be able to ask her because she yells at me a lot when I interrupt her meetings, but, you know, yeah, whatever. Don't do that. No, uh, I guess not. As they always say, I do happy enough. wife, happy life. Some do say that. I don't uh, fall into those uh, little quirks of li of living. I like to live out there and see if he uh, can piss her off enough and take a walk on the wild side. Just walk that balance beam that's about 40 <laughs> stories up and see what happens. <laughs> no safety net. No um, safety net. But, you know, it's more, more importantly the liquid. And, you know, sometimes a special moment is just shared over a glass of Johnny Walker Black or, you know, something yep. innocuous that's, you know, you've had it a million times. You know, it's not something you usually seek out or, you know, you don't usually order it, but that's what you're drinking and you're with good friends, you're in good company, you're enjoying yourselves, you've got a nice buzz going, and that's what matters Ooh. the most is the company. 100%. Couldn't agree with you more. What brought you into this whole world of whiskey that made you just go deep into and explore and now publish a book? I don't know. I kind of just oh. fell in love with it. So. I've always been the kind of person that when I find something I'm interested in, I kind of dive into it a little bit and, like, learn a lot about it. And whiskey is the only one that's stuck. You know, I've tried different things. You know, I've looked at different options for careers and stuff in the past. But whiskey is the only thing that actually, you know, stuck where it's like, I really like this. You know, I like the people I'm talking to. I like the people I'm meeting. I'm enjoying myself. Let's stick around. And then they're like, you know what? I want to work in this business. You know, I think I found where I belong.
Mm. What was your first job? Uh, my first job in the industry was actually a delivery guy and a little bit of cashier off sale in West Hollywood. Oh, cool. And then I moved over to bar backing on premise at Sassafras Saloon in, Hol- in Hollywood. Ah, uh, Sassafras. I know it. That's where you sent me that, that last time I saw you. You were like, oh, head down to Sassafras. No, last time I saw you, you and I were at uh, Idle Hour in North Hollywood. Oh, yeah, but afterwards, afterwards. Oh, you were I was like, afterwards. oh, was, I was like, is there, any, is there anywhere that I should check out? Is there anywhere that I should go? And you gave me a bunch of different places. I can't remember the, na- the other names of them, but they're on my expense report somewhere. 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 <laughs> <laughs> they're, on my, they're, on, they're on the expense report my company card at some stage. But then you, you also mentioned Sassafras, and I remember going down there. I really, really liked it. It was a nice spot. Yeah, you know, southern New Orleanian kind of bayou style with the townhouse. Hmm. It's also super fucking haunted. It was a lovely, like, the bar there was lovely. You know, it had one of these, like, lovely, long, thin wooden bars, you, you know, that you can sit at, and you definitely feel like there's a conversation coming your way at some stage if you need that, you know? Yeah. Um, Sounds like a nice little place like Shuba's. Oh, yeah, I love, I love a bit of Shuba's. When are you, you going to come and visit us out here in, in, uh, in, in Chai City? Uh, so. I don't know. I mean, can we get Aberlauer and Starward to do an event with the book? Well, you know, there's been talk of that, but uh, we, we actually tried to set up an event on the fourth of April. We actually had an event. Sorry, uh, it was going to be called World of Whiskey, or Whiskies of the World, rather, mm, um, something like that. And we had a bunch of different, uh, we had a bunch of different whiskies coming in, and we were going to do a live like Q and A podcast during the event, and then. Um, but I don't know. I don't know if you've heard, but there was this thing called COVID nineteen that just basically fucking ruined everybody's plans. So. You're going so well on the podcast before you said it. <laughs> the words the we had forty one minutes and fifty four seconds. But um, yeah, man, it, it, we had a, we had a weird event. Sorry, but it doesn't look like we're going to be doing that anytime soon. Most no, likely not. A whole you know quarantine and lockdown is over, and it's safe to start you know traveling again and like going out and visiting people. Uh, I am going to start, you know, traveling and with the book, you know, doing tours and book signings and stuff at different bars and oh. restaurants and stuff. It'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, when you come to Chicago, we can help you out with that. Get you uh, do a reading at a bar or two, um, do some Q&A stuff like that. Be well, more than glad to help you out. The caveat I have is that Michael Egan has to be there. Oh, cool. Fantastic. Where do you look forward to traveling first when you're able to do so? Probably Bay Area. No. Actually, I take that back. San Diego. A whale's vagina. Ah, yes. Milk was a bad choice. I think. I think one of the things. Scotchy, scotchy, scotchy. Um, Shut up, Callum. I think, that people, I think that people from. As I pour some hibiki. Yeah, we're actually under the Japanese there, so. Just, my, in, just in honor of you. My um. So my, my alcohol-free, my alcohol-free Fortnite has currently gone down the pipes. Um, but I think people from San Diego must hate that now. You know, what I mean, how many people say, "Oh my God, I'm from like San Diego," and then everyone's like, "Oh, well, he's from China." What do you uh, want to do most in San Diego? Where do you want to visit? I know there's awesome spots there, and it's growing more and more in this own whiskey culture down there. Great question. Um, I really, 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 really want to go to my buddy's bar, Metal M E T L. It's you know. Metal like the music and metal like the agave varietal and they're in the gas lamp and they're brand new and you know he's a really good friend and you know last time I was down there I stayed with him for a couple of days while I was actually working on the book so he like heard me cussing and screaming and like shouting at like 
my uh, content no. editor who wasn't there, like she was like somewhere else. She was a freelancer. I was like, no, that's not right. No, that doesn't go there. No, 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 no. Um, so I'm really looking forward to going down to Metal and seeing him and supporting nice. him because he's been, you know, so the San Diego industry, you know, San Diego bar community is really tight knit, and I really love that. And you know, Metal for sure meals every day for you know hospitality industry who need it. Right. Yeah, I love it down there. It's definitely one of those cities I could see myself living in because I, were, I was doing part or, you know, as you know, doing ambassador work out on the West Coast this year, last year and this year. But San Diego was one place where I would visit, go out with my reps. It would be the people that you were surrounded with and made you feel very comfortable and like a, like a family unit and friends you've known for a very long time when you go out after the work was done. And yeah, I think with you. I, I really enjoy San Diego as well. And I think as well that something that's totally, totally forgotten about is that um, Mexico's just over the border. So your dentist, all your dentistry stuff, all that kind of stuff, it's it's half the price, maybe even something's less, something's 20% the price. How's that, Vicky? You, you sunk that away very quickly. I'm a big fan of Japanese whiskey. In the words of our good friend Sam Green, we might have to kill this bottle. Um, but yeah, Sam, the other thing as well I was going to ask you, man, um, and sorry that I keep harping on about the book, but no. you know, how many copies? how many copies do you think, you know, you want to sell in you know this year how many copies did you have printed all this kind of thing like so is that information that under 100 copies printed for the first run you know the publisher and the warehouse were like being a little you know um cautious be that's a new book a first time author you didn't want to print a lot of copies and have a lot of stock we sold out of that in five days oh brilliant brilliant man that's great are you um, doing an ebook as yes there is a kindle book available um if you have amazon prime it's free to read the book itself is fourteen ninety nine, um, and you know if you get it through me, I sign it and ship it off to you for another three bucks. Ooh, oh, frame that. I'll vim, I'll vim with you the three bucks, baby boy. <laughs> <laughs> I got you covered. Your column is triple the um, price, so, so it's forty dollars a book. Ah, uh, well, that's like that's like I think that's like one pound in Scottish money. So screw you. Anyway, um, what about so? How many, how many, how many copies do you think you can sell then by the end of the year? So it's gone really well. Obviously, you sold out the first hundred copies. How many copies are you up to now? And you know, what, what do so, you have like a target by the end of the year? No, I don't. I'm just you know going to keep selling as many as I can. Um, right now, I've got a pre-order list of about twenty-six books, and that's just for the next round that you know I have coming up. Um, you know, Proximo bought some books for their Bushmills reps, which was fantastic and really nice of them. Um, and big shout out to Rick Edwards, my friend who now works on Stranahan's actually, he's a, he's their new national ambassador, um, JVS imports. So impact beverages bought some books for their reps, which was really cool. Um, and you know, my goal is just, you know, sell as many as I can. I'm not really taping, keeping an exact count of it. Um, but I guess I like to sell 500 by the end of the year. Nice. Oh, that's great. Man. Good goal to have. Uh, where did you, what do you think you learned most from writing the book? Pardon? What do you think you learned most from writing the book? Is your, was your hand really sore or did you type on them? No, did I you typed on the Don't answer that question. No, my handwriting is absolute <laughs> chicken scratch. Even if I wanted to, you know, like do, you know, like some notes like on the side or whatever. No, my handwriting is absolute garbage and chicken scratch. It's like almost illegible. So like, when gotcha. I was, like doing like the dedications and like the, in, 
inscriptions on the books. I've got to like go slowly. Otherwise, like my U's look like an A, my R's and H's look the same. Your R's and your H's? Yes. Uh, that, do, do you do you write with your feet, Callum? Lowercase. <laughs> um, so no, man. I, like I think the book's a pretty exciting thing, and you know I think it's one of the coolest things about it is that a lot of people have that on their bucket list for life. You know, a lot of people have. Oh, I'd love to be able to say that I've written a book, I've had a book published, and so, and you've already so crossed that milestone. And you was that I was never the studious type in school. I hated it, couldn't stand it, and now you know working in whiskey. I can't get enough of it. Spirit education, give it to me. You know, I love it. And I never thought I would write a book. You know, I like blogging, you know, writing like an article or a review here and review there. But a book was never something I'd ever even thought about. That's not actually true. A friend of my father has told me, you should write a book, you know, a beginner's guide to spirits, like a dummy's idiot's guide to like booze. You know, it was like mm-hmm. I toyed with the idea for a couple of months and then I, like, I kind of forgot about it and remembered it here and there. And then when this opportunity came up, I'm like, Oh, okay. Um, sure. Let's look into this a little more. Yeah, I think it sounds like you're so many of us when the spiritual world really grabs us and brings us in. And we feel at home inside of that. I'm the same way where once you start reading, I kind of found this out in college, maybe late in high school. It's about you, you like to learn, you like to educate yourself when you find your passions inside of uh, the text that you're reading or the subjects that you're studying and whiskey for that for me has been completely what you just said. I will love to read books, read blogs, go on Instagram and look at people's um, kind of positions when it comes to different whiskey and what their opinions are inside the spirits world. Don't really care for reviews that much, but um, it's great to have and gather information that can always make you more knowledgeable about the entire process. So I'm not a big review type person in terms of like, Oh, I give this an X rating. You know, yeah. I like to write down my tasting notes, and those are my kinds of reviews. Uh, the website I write for, Bevy, does do, like, a star rating, so for them I give them star reviews. But it's still mostly just tasting note stuff. 100%. I and mean, that's the best way to describe to people is about what you're experiencing in the bottle, all those sensory moments that bring you back to uh, maybe a moment in life where the bottle creates uh, those, you know, those similar, those familiar feelings about um, what you might want smelled or ate from a really nice occasion when you're drinking just a good spirit. Absolutely. Sweet, man. Well, um, I really appreciate you joining us and I hope the book sells really well. Is there any other information you want out there for people to know about where they can reach you, read other your articles and stuff? Absolutely. If you want to get a hold of me, uh, email info at beginnersguidetowhiskey.com. Whiskey is spelled the American way, Callum. Mm. I sell it the American, non-American way sometimes too, Sam. Just for work. Pleasure, I add the E. You know, you know we, we so are all in, we are all totally, we are the Irish whiskey. It's absolute marketing bullshit. It doesn't well, fucking matter. E, no, we were talking about the exact same category classification of distilled spirit yes inside of that classification there are subclassifications so scottish irish american taiwanese tasmanian japanese canadian etc etc but we're also talking about whiskey so whiskey with an e or whiskey with just a y it's the same thing so i don't think it actually matters i think it's marketing bullshit 
Well, what, what the Irish like to say is that the Scots were too cheap to pay for the extra space on the label, which I, I can I can I can buy that. Um, but no, man, listen, it, it was really nice to speak to you, and I hope that I hope that you manage to stay safe out there in LA. And you guys will um, please stay safe in Chicago. I miss you both. You gotta you gotta let us know how it's going with the book and stuff, and um, I'm looking forward to reading it, man. Genuinely, and please yeah, we'll, get make, me we'll make sure that you guys so I can send you something. I'm gonna try and you please, know, we'll... I'll see if I what I can do about getting you guys a copy of the book. Or even even if even if it's just one copy and Jake can read it and then I can read it afterwards because we live in the same city and like obviously I love hanging out with him and I love annoying him so <laughs> everybody out there please go read uh, Sam's book order it online so he can um, become a rich rich famous writer and travel the world and talk more about whiskey and you could you could even keep us in there okay. if you're interested in a signed copy you know reach out to me info at beginnersguidetowhiskey.com and I can arrange to get you a signed copy. Well, there it is, everybody. Sam, thanks again for joining us, and uh, stay safe. Stay safe. I'll see you when this is over, and we'll share uh, some Japanese rice whiskey. (laughs) Ooh, (laughs) brother. It'll be great. Cheers. Be safe, gentlemen.